You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. stage you're supposed to introduce yourself um but before I do that I want to introduce you to my favorite people in the world and that is my beautiful wife Emily Howard here's a picture of her or there's a picture of her yes 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 yes. I definitely married up for sure she is my better 75 percent and that is our daughter our two-year-old Isabella Miranda Mercy Howard you can kind of tell we had a little struggle trying to figure out names so we just gave her all of them um we had this feeling that there wasn't enough Michaels here at Paradox 4, just simply wasn't enough. So we wanted to increase the Michael population, so we had a son. And here's a picture of our two-month-old, Michael Jerome Howard III. Yes, 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 yes. Which, that makes me Michael Jerome Howard II, and I get the privilege to lead Revolution Student Ministries here. Uh, when I hear the word revolution, it makes me think of... Um, it makes me think of, uh, you know, Paul Revere and the, the, uh, the British. <laughs> the British are coming! Are they? Where? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's your lead pastor, Dave Kubiak. You can kind of tell he used to be a youth pastor, right? But when I hear the word revolution, it does. It makes me think of Paul Revere. It makes me think of the British. And what I've come to realize that every historic revolution starts with or comes from debt. Um, What I mean by that, if you look at the Revolutionary War, it was the colonists fighting England over, over debt. They felt like England owed them something. If you've ever heard the phrase taxation without representation, it wasn't necessarily a fight about money. They, they felt like they were owed representation in Congress. I mean, in Parliament. They don't have Congress overseas. Um, the other, another more modern revolution is the Civil Rights Movement, where you have greats like Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks, and they were fighting because they felt like America owed them something, and that was civil rights. But not, not all revolutions are historic or in the past. We're all in need of a revolution. Um, when I was uh, talking to a friend about this, Madeline, who led worship, we were, we were talking about this concept, and she started telling a story about her son, uh, who hid from her this morning, so she freaked out and thought he got kidnapped. Um, but also, she was telling a story about a time when she would feed him, and she would make dinner, and she cooked dinner for us a couple weeks ago for our leadership team. It was great. But she said, when I make food for my son and I try to give it to him, and he won't even, ref- when he refuses to even taste what I make, I feel unloved um, and undervalued. Um, when I grew up, um, some of you guys may have known, uh, I grew up, my parents split up really early when I was a kid. I, I think it was um, about eight years old. And, and so I grew up with my mom, and she was always there with me. We ended up moving to Georgia, and so for a long time, a lot of my life, my dad wasn't there. 
a lot because he lived in Georgia. And I never had this feeling like my dad didn't love me, but I had this feeling like, he, like I was missing something, that I was owed something. And there was a time when I was in sixth grade and I had my first girlfriend. Middle schoolers, you should not date. It was a waste of time. <laughs> yes, to the middle schooler out in the crowd, it's a waste of time. Uh, but when I had my first girlfriend, he wasn't there. We, we lived in Georgia. He was here in Michigan. Uh, when I was in high school and I didn't make the basketball team and I was kind of upset about that, like he wasn't, he wasn't there. Even when I was in college and I actually made the basketball team, he wasn't there. And I had this feeling like, not that he didn't love me, but that he owed me something. Um, I can't, I can't, I guess I can't be the only one that has ever had this feeling where somebody that you know uh, owes you something. Uh, whether you're kind of like me uh, and you feel like a parent or somebody owes you love. Um, maybe you're a parent here today and you feel like no matter how hard I work or how hard I try, my kids just don't get it. Uh, they, don't, they don't appreciate how hard I work or they don't appreciate um, the things that I do. Uh, maybe, maybe you're here today and you feel like the person that owes you the most that doesn't get it is the person that is sitting next to you. Uh, I think at, at one point we all have this feeling um, that someone owes us something. But uh, the good thing is that God also, when um, in, in the Bible, God talks about this. Uh, when, when we all, when we have like this cup, um, when, when we have a debt, when, we're, when we feel like we're owed something, we create other debt. If I don't have any money, like I create other debts. And it's kind of like this cup. If this cup was empty, no matter how hard I try to pour it out, it's going to be empty. And I think we're a lot like that. When, we, when we're not being poured into and we're not being filled up, no matter how hard I try, I can't get anything out of this cup. And that feeling sometimes, I think the only way to put it is kind of sucks. It kind of sucks to feel empty. It kind of sucks to feel like the people that are supposed to be pouring into you and helping you, like they're not, they're not there. Uh, the great thing is God must have known we would have that feeling. Uh, one day Jesus was walking up a mountain. He actually preaches a sermon called the Sermon of the Mount. Um, some of you guys may have heard, you, whether you've been in church a long time or, or you're new to church, you may have heard the, the Lord's Prayer before. Um, it's in Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 12. If you guys know it, feel free to read along. We're going to put it up on the screens. Uh, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debt as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. As a kid, uh, I grew up in the church, um, which is really cool because the church that I grew up, it's, it's closed down now, but it's not really far from here. And so working with the students, it kind of reminds me a lot of my childhood. And when we would have church every morning, there was like a, a center aisle. And it was this like small building, and there was this Bible sitting right there at the, on this table in the front. And it was always open to the Lord's Prayer. Because one of the things that we would do every Sunday morning, we would open up the Bible, and we would read this together as a church. I mean, at that point, most people like had it memorized. But I always had a question about verse 12. Tim, can you put up verse 12 again? Forgive us of our debts as we have forgive, 
as we have also forgiven our debtors. I always wonder, what is that debt that that passage is talking about? What is this thing that I'm supposed to be forgiving others? Uh, is it credit card debt? I mean, they didn't really have credit cards back then. Uh, I wish it was student loans because uh, if you go into college, uh, if anybody want, like to pay off my student loans, uh, you can just come front, I'll stop talking, we'll go handle that. Um, but it's not talking about student loan debt, no matter how much I wish it was. It's talking about love. Uh, forgive us of our, our love debt. Another way you could literally read this is, and forgive us of our love debts, as we have also forgiven those who owe us love. Um, when, when I read that, I think of the first question that comes to mind is, how do I receive this love that I'm owed? How do I receive what I'm owed? And immediately I think of the gospel. The Bible says that we all have debt, every single one of us. And the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which means God's standard is here, and we've all fallen short. We've all indebted to his standard. And, and the cost of that debt, the product of that debt, the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Because of our debt, that's what, that's what the result is. And that's not really, like, that doesn't sound really revolutionary. That doesn't really sound great. I'm just glad the story doesn't end there because it goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And the, there's, this, uh, there's this debt that Jesus says that we all have. And every debt needs to be paid for. Every debt needs to get reconciled. If I owed one of you guys money, especially if it was a lot, I'm sure you would be like, can I talk to you after you get off the stage? Um, but this debt that we had, it needed to be paid for. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ paid for it with his life. Um, in Romans, there's a verse that says, he was delivered to death for our sins and raised to life for our justification. So we had this debt. And he was delivered to death for our sins and raised to life for our justification. Justification is kind of a legal term, and it means to be made right, to be made righteous. So we all had this debt, and Christ resolved it. Christ paid for it. He has forgiven it. Um, I guess you could say that debt is inspirational to those who are forgiven. In the morning, we meet together uh, as, as a staff. So all the volunteers that are here and really anybody else that wants to come, at 9.30, we meet together, and we have a time where we, talk, where we pray together, um, we check in on each other, talk about any news, and kind of give the one word for the day that's kind of set the inspirational tone. And so when I was thinking about this, I was like, man, my word is debt. Debt really is not an inspirational. Does anybody find the word debt inspirational? Um, I don't. <laughs> You'd be a little weird if you did. Uh, I'm sure Greg probably doesn't find debt inspirational. Uh, but it dawned on me as I was thinking about that, for those of us who are forgiven, for those of us who are justified, for those of us whose debts are paid, it should inspire us. It should inspire us to love people, to forgive others. As that verse says, forgive us of our love debt as we forgive those who owe us love. When we recognize that God has forgiven us, it should inspire us to forgive others. And it should inspire us to love people the way that God loves people. On Mondays, I have this, I say, almost every single week, I talk about this one verse, and it's my all-time favorite verse. And it's, Matthew, it's, sorry, it's Mark 12, 30, and 31. It says, the, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is just like the first, to love your neighbor as yourself. So to put it simple, to love God and love people. Almost every single Monday night, I tell the students, 
as long as you love God and you love people, no matter what else you do, it, it really doesn't matter. Because if you're loving God and you're loving people, that's the bottom line. That's it. So when I, when I look at that and I see that um, God is calling us to love people the way that he loves people, and if every, if every revolution, if every historic revolution starts with debt, then a modern revolution should start with love. It should start with us loving God and loving people. And so what, is, what does that look like? It looks like us trying to seek out ways to live debt-free, to seek out, to give out love in every single moment that we can. When, when I see someone not being loved the way that God loves them, I define that as injustice. So when, whenever, I, anytime I see a person not being loved the way that God loves them, I define that as injustice. Whether that's big things like genocide, racism, or sex trafficking, these are all three of these things are the product of the lack of love or love debt. So a modern revolution looks like a group of us seeing these things and saying, not on my watch, not on my watch. These things won't happen on my watch. So whether that is genocide, and we're saying, not on my watch. Racism, not on my watch. Sex trafficking, not on my watch. Uh, modern revolution is a group of us saying, we won't have it. But it's not just about the big things. It's about some of the, some of the smaller things. You know, it's easy to talk about large things that we don't always deal with. But when, when you're a sixth grader, and you're in class, and you have the kind of the weirdo, so to speak, like the kid that gets named, that he gets titled, when he, he's somebody that God created and that God loves, but he gets set aside and isolated, God is calling us to love him. God is calling us to seek after him, to pour into him. Or when, if you, if you have that feeling like me and you feel like, man, I had this relationship with a family member and it's broken and they've hurt me. God is calling us to go after them, to love them, to forgive them. Whether it's a coworker in, in, in your job and they're kind of isolated and, and they don't have great relationships, God is calling you to love them. Um, what, one way practically that it looks like is uh, here at Paradox, we have this ministry called the uh, Hands and Feet. And one of the things that, our minist- that what this ministry does is we give out these bags for homeless people. And that it's an opportunity, a clear opportunity for us to see somebody that is down and out, down on their luck, and to go give them something, to say like, hey, this is a reminder that God loves you. Whether, whether you've gotten in this position on your own or whether you've gotten this position because of whatever system, God is calling us to, to reach out to them. Um, when, when, we, when, we live, when we live in such a way that we see every single person as the way that God sees them, we have the power to change the world. If I, the Bible says, as I talked about, Mark 12, 30 and 31, the greatest thing that we could ever do is love. It's not just the greatest thing, but the first and the second greatest thing that we could ever do is to love people. And when we love people, we have the power to change the world. If every historic revolution starts with debt, and, every, and we're all in debt, whether we've had our debt forgiven or not, when we, when, if every historic revolution starts with debt, and we realize that, we're all, that we all have this debt, 
and love is revolutionary, we have the power to start a revolution. Um, the band's gonna go ahead and make their way up here. If you've, if you've never heard this before, that Jesus loves you, and if you've never heard before that you had this debt and that God loves you so much that he gave his life for you to pay for your debt, there's one way that you can receive this, this forgiveness, this debt cleansing. Uh, in Romans 10.9, it says this, for the wages of sin is death. But the, I'm sorry, Romans 10.9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, that your debt will be forgiven, that you have the opportunity, once you have received love, just like this cup, once, once God's love has been poured into me, I have the power to go out and give love. When I see someone in, that's isolated, that doesn't have a family, especially this time in the season, Thanksgiving's coming around, Christmas coming around, and statistically, this is the hardest time for a family. This is the hardest time for a person. Uh, it's sad suicide rates dramatically increase because people feel alone and isolated. But we serve a God who's so good that he knows every single person in here. He knows every single person in the world, and he doesn't just know you, but he loves you. And he calls us to love people the way that he loves people. So if I had a goal in life, is to love God and to love people and to live debt-free. So what does that look like? It's for me to give debt away every single chance I have, every single time I have an opportunity. If we all have debt and love is revolutionary, then with God's love, we all have the power to start a revolution. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you that you are who you are, that you created everything, and yet you are still so mindful of us. You love us so much that you know every single hair on our heads. You know that I grew two gray hairs in my beard this week. <laughs> you know every single detail about us, the good, the bad, the ugly, and yet you still love us. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I thank you for loving me. And from that love, I pray that we're all inspired to go forward and to forgive others and to love others. That whenever we see someone not being treated the way that you called them to be treated, the way that you treat them, that we seek after that person to let them know, not only does God love you, but I love you. Maybe you don't have a family, but here we have a church, and our church is family. I pray that we all leave here and start a modern revolution, that we all go out and love one another as you have called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.